With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Get Better Wellness Radio Show. Today is June 27th and this is Erin Chamerlick, the real food revivalist. Today we have a very exciting topic. Uh, we're going to venture into the world of... Um, Well, one of the topics will be one of the most effective ways we can eat to prevent and uh, treat cancer. So not a small subject today. Um, This is where we talk about, you know, real food. It just starts with real food. When we stop eating factory food that's loaded with chemicals and artificial ingredients and additives and preservatives, we open up the door to healing and weight loss and even... um, you know, we can make a huge dent in this problem we have of the runaway cancer epidemic, um, not to mention the other epidemics of obesity and heart disease and diabetes. But the American Cancer Society um, has some statistics from 2012. It estimates we'll have um, a million six new cancer cases. And, well, one-third of all cancer deaths, the American Cancer Society reports anyways, um, are linked to diet and physical activity, and while another third is caused by tobacco products. So what that says to me is there is huge impact that we can have um, if we just get a hold of the right lifestyle choices that we need to make. So this is a concern that's very real for many of us. Just briefly before we bring in our guest, um, for me, there was a time in my life when I was given a very scary diagnosis called lobular carcinoma in situ, and the surgeon immediately scheduled to have uh, me on the table to take out an egg-sized lump, and I know what it's like to be standing there hearing those words and having the blood drain out of your face. But, you know, it's not about me today, But I, so I will just quickly say that I scheduled that surgery, and then I went home and researched the diagnosis. And I just say thank God for the Internet because my research revealed that the surgeon was wrong, and I, I was able to get a, a um, second opinion, and I avoided, you know, surgery that wasn't even necessary. So anyways, I'm telling you there's power and that you know more and can know more than you think um, you do, and that we have lots that we can talk about today in that subject. So let me bring in our guest today. I have Dr. Colin Champ with me. He's currently completing his specialty training in radiation oncology and has been published in many peer-reviewed journals, including the Journal of Clinical Oncology, uh, which is one of the top oncology journals in the world. So he is very interested in the impact that our diet plays on the prevention and treatment of cancer. And so I can't think of a better person to be um, interviewing today. So welcome, Dr. Champ. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I'm 
really uh, enthusiastic about our talk today and hoping we could cover some some important subjects out there. Right. Well, I love uh, social media, and as I was just uh, reading my Twitter feed recently, I came across somebody talking about the caveman doctor, and I that just got me interested. I'm like, who's the caveman doctor? I thought I knew all this paleo type people and and so I uh, you know found you and your website which is cavemandoctor.com and I thought I bet the caveman doctor isn't even a real doctor <laughs> <laughs> but you are you're an MD and uh, an oncologist and heading um, into a very important area because you understand about nutrition in a way that most doctors do not so um, can you tell me just how did this all start for you? How did you um, end up where you're at and as the caveman doctor? Well, so this started a, a long, long time ago. Uh, prior, really in, in high school, uh, due to my older brother and my, my father, they, they always pushed sports. They pushed um, athletics, uh, being active, and, and really watching what you what you eat. And I started this in high school just researching and of course at that point I was eating the the conventional low fat diet. Uh, then around college I started doing more and more research and, and seeing what worked for me. I started to find out what worked for me was somewhat opposite of what I was being told by my physicians and and by the leaders in the field. Then I really started doing a lot of research on my own. The more I found was the more that these recommendations were were just wrong. And at that point, I got very interested. I went to medical school to kind of consolidate my learning. And I, I almost went away from it somewhat. I went into oncology. I, just, I, I love oncology. I love dealing with uh, with cancer patients. It's it's a great and rewarding field. Uh, definitely sad at times. And when I started this, I, I, I kind of went away from the nutrition because nutrition and cancer are very separate entities right now in medicine, which is very unfortunate and then throughout my training, I started realizing that there are ways to to kind of weave these these two fields of of nutrition and, and dieting and cancer care back together. And not only are they associated, they're they're intimately associated, and the the two can't exist without the other. And unfortunately, in this field right now, uh, they're 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 very separate. And we we need we need a lot of people out there to to combine the two. And I'm I'm really hoping that's what I could do. So, right. So I'm sure that um, it can be frustrating, you know, knowing what you know, and, and you did um, say that your research uh, revealed that the recommendations we've been getting from, you know, people we thought we could trust are wrong. You know, the food pyramid was wrong. So, Upside down. Upside yeah. down, bro. So at what point, um, you know, as you're going through medical school and and you know, coming to these realizations, um, you know, then you decided to come up with the Caveman Doctor. So mm-hmm. how did how did you come up with that website? So this was a another backwards kind of way, but um, a lot of my friends and I, when we were working out in the gym, we found that cutting carbohydrates was one way to easily lose a lot of weight especially cutting cutting sugars, per se. And this kind of pushed me in this paleo-type direction. A lot of the the Live, Live and La Vida low-carb, for instance, the Jimmy Moore site, he, he pushed low-carb at first, and then he kind of 
has switched to the paleo type lifestyle. And a lot of these paleo lifestyle look at this low carbohydrate diet as a really efficient way to to burn fat, mm-hmm. and that really got me thinking. Uh, you know, this is directly against what everyone's been telling me, what I've been taught in medical school. Yeah, right. this, yeah and, and something is wrong here. And especially seeing all these patients where I'm telling them to eat you know, eat less fat, eat more carbohydrates, decrease their calories and exercise more, and it, it's just not working. And something has to be wrong, and, and luckily it is wrong. You know, we're not we're not all that, that, that crazy. We're not that lazy and, and undisciplined. It's, it's, we're, we're following directions, but the directions are wrong. And that really, really fueled me to, to figure out exactly why these directions are wrong and how can we fix them. And that led me right right into the paleo caveman world, and that also led me into this thought process that our our bodies have been eating the same kind of foods for two and a half million years. So these are the foods that we're, we're used to processing, and these are the foods that in myself I found that when I eat, I feel the best, I feel the most healthy, I, I lose the, the, the largest amount of fat. And from, from this, I just started suggesting this to my friends and my family, and, and I saw unanimously I saw the same results. Uh, so I've just become more comfortable now promoting this to everyone. Right. It's it's almost, you know, too good to be true. You mean I get to enjoy food that's delicious and I'm not going to be hungry and I'm going to get to my optimal weight and reverse major diseases, you know? It's like, <laughs> wow, why haven't we heard about this before? And as you said, this is not what they're teaching in medical school, that you had to find uh, this information on your own. And and um and you know as did i through you know and, and all the people that are are here you know with us now mm-hmm. uh figuring out that um you know the information was wrong we've been misinformed for you know the last 50 60 70 years and so now you're the caveman doctor like it or not <laughs> that people want to hear more from you and so thankfully you're getting into the world of podcasts and blogging because you um with your credentials carry a lot of weight and people will listen and that's why I'm really excited that you're here and and that we are having this opportunity to um hopefully get um more people to know about you so Let's um, talk about what, you know, we're calling here the caveman diet. And, you know, no matter what your faith, you know, if you don't want to go back millions of years, you don't have to go back that far to see that we have not been eating this way for very long. Even if you went back, you know, a couple thousand years um, and and talked about Bible times, we weren't eating this way. This wasn't the wheat of the Bible it has been changed, and all the oils have been changed. And so is this, you know, it's not just a fad diet. We have been eating this way for a while. Um, but how do we, you know, get so far from it to where everybody's sick and overweight now? Why Why is that? Well, that's a lot of, lot of reasons, a um, lot of hypothesis there. A big thing was we, we pushed to make, acquiring food and storing food a lot more convenient and you know rightly so a big part of our history the history of of humans is acquiring food you know we we started out as hunter gatherers uh, and i i think we just got a little a little bit too good at figuring out ways to have 
storable food or, or easily accessible calories. Uh, you know, we've, we've replaced walking around, walking to your farmer's market, um, a lot of people driving somewhere to acquire food and then coming home and cooking it to a two-minute ride to the fast food restaurant, getting uh, 2,000 calories in you in a matter of, of five minutes. There's There's no work for it. And not only is there no work, but the reward, I mean, thousands of years ago, you spend four hours to get a piece of meat or to find some vegetables that are, are tasty, don't get me wrong, but now you spend two minutes to get a, a rainbow blizzard from Dairy Queen, and it's, <laughs> it's, setting, off, it's setting off crazy receptors and re- rewards in your brain where I don't think we can handle it. And it's, it's a confusing message to our bodies, and it, it leads people very unable to to know how to kind of combat these these feelings and to combat these these reward centers of their brains that are lit up from these these food sources i think uh i think it came from a a good place you know 100 years ago or so when we really started figuring out ways to to get food to more people but unfortunately it, it morphed uh and even you mentioned the oil production um on our on my podcast last week uh with with uh my buddy roger he brought up the whole story about how these vegetable oils got introduced into our diet, and it, it's not one for healthcare. I mean, these were byproducts. Uh, they were feeding them to animals. They were causing issues with the animals that were eating them. They were causing a lot of health issues. So we figured out a way to, to kind of further process them to make them compatible with a, a human diet. And, you know, these, these were not health measures. These were financial measures, ways for these companies to use their byproducts to make money. Uh, there's just there's so many reasons why our diet has gone south, um, and and you touched on it too. People people are less active. Uh, I, I don't think this is the major cause of of the obesity crisis. I think it's more of a dietary issue. But people, you know, some people got less active. Some people have gotten more active. But there's there's just it's it's multifactorial. There's there's so many issues here, and uh, um, I mean I appreciate people like you out there trying to figure out ways to combat all of them. It's very very difficult. Right, and and um, so often people are told, you know, you're just lazy and have no willpower. And you were touching on, you know, how these foods are lighting up the receptors in our brain, and, and that's equal to addiction. And mm-hmm. people don't realize, they think they're going to um, Burger King for a, a Whopper with cheese, a shake, and large fries, and that they're eating real food and eating a meal, but... In my classes, I walk people through, let's look at what we're eating here. You know, never mind the ingredients and the quality of the ingredients. Let's just look at um, how this food quickly turns into sugar because of the buns and the shakes and the fries quickly turn into sugar in your body. And your body doesn't know the difference when it's looking at a glucose molecule. But if you eat that meal I just described, well, not only is it 1,450 calories, but it's... um, 1.43 cups of sugar in your bloodstream and that is not the way our bodies like to operate not at all so what happens when we eat a diet like that dumping in you know almost a cup and a half of sugar into our bloodstream what's happening you know with our biochemistry there yeah, I mean, there's there's several things. There's as we touched upon the the mental aspect, the psychiatric aspect of it, of addiction. Uh, there's the the next step where our blood sugar goes through the roof, and our body doesn't know what to do. 
secretes insulin, which is a hormone that lowers that blood sugar. It's, it's looked upon by many as kind of a, a save-me hormone. It's, it's a necessary hormone. But if your blood sugar gets too high, it can actually be fatal. So it is a save-me hormone, and it lowers that blood sugar. But people often forget, where is that blood sugar going? And that's, that's going right into our cells. It's going to get turned into fat. We're not going to use that for energy um, unless unless you're doing it during a, a huge workout or running a marathon or something, a lot of that's going to get stored. And then back back to the psychiatric effects, when that gets stored, when it gets shuttled out of your blood, your blood sugar drops, and then you get hungry again. So guess mm-hmm. what? You're right back into that cycle. And uh, it's just it's it's painful for patients, and it's, it's overload on your liver because the glucose goes to your liver, and then your liver is going to make triglycerides and other components of the metabolic syndrome, and it's just, it's it's a disaster. And, you know, mo- most importantly for a lot of patients, it's it's very anxiety-provoking to, you, you cheat one second, you eat one piece of bread, and next thing you know, you're hungry again, and, and next thing you know, the entire bread basket's empty. And mm-hmm. no, nobody wants to do that. Nobody goes to a restaurant saying, I'm going to, I'm going to eat the entire bread basket and then feel bad about it afterwards. But it sure does happen a lot. Right. And the thing people don't recognize, maybe they recognize they shouldn't eat meals at fast food restaurants, but if they go on the websites of the American Diabetes Association, American Dietetic Association, American Heart Association, they're going to see recommendations to eat a breakfast that would include perhaps cereal, skim milk, a banana, and a glass of juice. And that's doing the same thing. That's um, 40 teaspoons of sugar. And all of a sudden, you know, people are being told, oh, you have high cholesterol, go eat Cheerios. Well, they're not told that that breakfast is the exact thing that's going to raise their cholesterol, not, you know, not to mention their blood sugar. So, you know, all this is fueling our cancer epidemic, I believe. So what can a low-carb diet, you know, how can it be used um, to prevent or treat cancer? So... Yeah, this is this is a a passion of mine, a, a great interest of mine. Takes up <laughs> maybe way too much of my time, but uh, just, and I just know I've though, asked a simple little question, and that's like a huge answer that could you know, <laughs> that be a whole on. day seminar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask my coworkers. I I babble on about this incessantly, just nonstop, and I think I drive them all nuts. <laughs> but just as this diet makes sense for the the healthy person out there. It makes sense as well for someone that that would ha- that has cancer, and there's there's several reasons why this would happen. So, I'll uh, I'll try to keep this short because yeah, once again I could talk Go about ahead. this forever. Mm-hmm. But um, so first off, the low fat, high carbohydrate recommendations the, these have infiltrated the cancer world as well, and I've just submitted a paper discussing this. Um, about fifty percent of Cancer recommendation or dietary recommendations for cancer patients push uh, a high carbohydrate, low fat diet. The other half push just a high caloric diet because a lot of times we're scared that cancer patients are going to lose weight. Uh, but regardless, there, there's no low carbohydrate recommendations really made for cancer patients right now. And there's basically two issues where turning the food pyramid upside down and eating a large amount of fat while limiting carbohydrates has great potential. Um, and one one of these diets is a very low carbohydrate diet, and this limits carbohydrates to less than 50 grams. And this this puts us in a state called ketosis. And uh, for those of you out there that read my website, I, I talk about this often, and 
I'm not sure if everyone knows what this is, but it's it's basically a point where our bodies rely on alternate energy sources uh, than carbohydrates or or other things. And what we do is we burn our fat, and they turn into these these sources called ketones, which are are easily usable energy sources in our body. Now, relying on ketones instead of carbohydrates has several several potential benefits. So the first one is you can you can starve a tumor. Now a lot of cancer cells run on sugar. So the the obvious kind of common sense approach is if if tumor cells run on sugar, then just cut the sugars out. Uh, and there's for those of you out there that have seen a thing called a PET scan, and a, a PET scan is what cancer patients get a lot, and it's basically a radioactive sugar substance we inject into the patients, and the cancer cells start consuming the sugar and take it up. So then when we put them under a, a scanner, the area that's taking up the sugar is radioactive and we can see it, it lights up. And where your cancer cells are, they light up like Christmas trees because they are eating the sugar. This is what fuels cancer cells. So switching... Right. I'll just interject here for a second. That There's our proof, the PET scan. You know, we see that cancer cells gobble up sugar and then the question I always ask is, why do we have a candy dish on the reception's desk at the oncologist's office? Yeah, you know they know this, but somehow there's a disconnect. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely, and it's 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 maddening to me. Um, a gentleman, Dr. Eugene Fine, who's a nuclear med doctor up in Albert Einstein in New York, he d- he saw this repeatedly with these PET scans, and he's actually running similar trials now, low carbohydrate trials. Because how how many times can you look at a PET scan? before, you know, light goes off in your head and you say, wow, these cancer cells are surviving on sugar. Maybe we should start cutting the sugar out and, and remove the candy dish that you speak of. Right. It is it's, frustrating. It is crazy that, you know, it's it's the light bulb doesn't hasn't gone off for a lot of people before. But anyways, let's go back. You were talking about the benefits of um, being in ketosis and using that um, alternate energy source that, you know, and point one was that we could starve the tumor. So you pick up from there. Sure. So, you know, the the first one is to starve the tumor. Um, and I actually am trying to run a clinical trial on this for, for patients with, with brain tumors because we have a, a blood-brain barrier which lets certain substances in and out of the brain. And if you actually cut your carbohydrates to a certain amount, you will theoretically stop all shuttling of sugar into the brain for the brain to use as energy, and instead it relies on these ketones. And ketones have been shown to actually increase efficacy of radiation, increase efficacy of chemotherapy. And also, if there's no sugar crossing the blood-brain barrier, you're only getting ketones in there, then your cells can survive on ketones, but the cancer cells don't. So it's a selective starvation of tumor cells. Wow. That's yeah, really yeah, there's fascinating. a lot of potential there, and there's there's animal studies that have shown this. Uh, there's Dr. Fine just published a, a study that wasn't it wasn't in brain tumor patients; it was any patients that are that is hinting towards this as well. And uh, I I would bet my money on this this working in cancer patients, and I'm I'm really trying to push it through, and I'm really hoping to get some funding to get this up and running. Uh, right, a lot of potential. Right. So. Um, they eating this, you know, less than 50 grams of carbohydrates puts us in ketosis, and so the brain will use the ketones for fuel instead of the glucose, 
and cancer cells can't use ketones, so they're being starved while the brain is being fed. And this is also the beneficial diet for people with epilepsy, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, because of the same reason, right? Exactly, because of the same reason. And these ketones are neuroprotectant as well, and that's why it helps these patients with seizure disorders. Uh, there's a lot of lot of benefits here. Um, you get a little bit of an increase in a, a hormone called cortisol too, and and this helps because a lot of these patients we put on steroids. There's a lot of benefits here, and it's it's really it's really hard to argue with at least pushing for clinical trials to assess this. And hopefully, we can assess it and then let the data speak for itself. Now, can I just ask you? You say you drive your colleagues nuts trying to hmm. talk about this. Has anybody listened to you? Do they see the light? Do they say that makes sense when you talk about, um, you know, doing this ketosis with, you know, especially the brain tumors? Uh, they they do a, a lot of times. At first, they kind of they, they look at me like I have four eyes. But then, mm-hmm. when I when I mention these, what I just mentioned to you about the brain tumors, it does spark a little more interest. And uh, actually, I recently submitted my protocol to. There's a uh, workshop that's. Uh, American Society of Clinical Oncology, and I think the NIH funds it. It's in Vail, Colorado, and it is a clinical trial writing workshop, and I submitted it there, and they, they accepted me, so they're flying me out there awesome. to complete the, yeah, to complete the trial. So I'm, I'm happy personally, but I'm really happy because it shows that people are interested in this and people do see potential in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Are there, I know we've hit on a lot of benefits. Are there other benefits of why a person with cancer would want to eat a ketogenic diet? So a couple other uh, benefits as well. The the metabolic benefits are there too. So besides just the therapeutic value of of ketones in a ketogenic diet, um, there's not great data in the metabolic benefits of a ketogenic diet in cancer patients. But if we look at the same risk factors for metabolic syndrome, which are the same risk factors for breast cancer recurrence after treatment, this is an area where, where we can maybe affect something. And, and basically, for the listeners out there, metabolic syndrome, it's, it's uh, also known as insulin insensitivity syndrome. And this is defined as uh, obesity, mostly central obesity, so uh, obesity around the belly area, uh, like a beer belly. And it's in addition to high levels of, of blood glucose, um, insulin resistance, elevated triglycerides, and reduced good cholesterol, which is HDL as well as hypertension. So there are all these kind of metabolic issues in there. And recent data is showing that these are also risks for, you know, not just heart attacks, strokes, et cetera. They're actually risks for cancer recurrence. And these are in breast cancer patients. So this is, you know, very different from from the brain cancer patients that we were just discussing. And so what we've been doing is we've been looking in the non-cancer patients. Now, there's extensive studies looking at these metabolic risk factors and looking at the effect of a low-carbohydrate diet on them. Uh, a mentor of mine, Dr. Jeff Volokh, run a bunch of studies on this, and he just he compared low-carbohydrate, high-fat diets with conventional wisdom, low-fat diets. And he's extensively looked at weight, abdominal fat, insulin levels, triglycerides. Another big one is inflammation. We all know about inflammation's connection with cancer, as well as cholesterol profile and He's shown benefits in all of these with a low-carbohydrate diet. Uh, and, in fact, the low-carb diet's never been shown to be inferior to our low-fat recommended diet from, from up above the food pyramid, et cetera. 
And while we don't have trials looking in cancer patients for this, extrapolating from non-cancer patients, uh, a, a low-carbohydrate diet has a lot of potential to increase or to to decrease rather many of these risk factors for cancer recurrence. And th this is another area where we need clinical trials because there just really are none. Um, we, we need to be open-minded open about this, and we need to scientifically find out what's the best diet. Right, and doctors need that to make moves. But we, the regular people of the world with cancer or wanting to avoid cancer, we don't need a clinical trial to tell us if it works. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, give me the box and show me where to play. I just want to get going. So if somebody's listening because they just picked up on that we were having a talk about cancer and um we don't have but maybe 10 minutes left. So can you just outline, you know, and maybe we point them back to the Caveman Doctor website, too, for more information. But how should we eat? If we want to do this, we want to get into ketosis, how do we eat? Give us some specifics. Tell us what you eat and things like that. Sure. Um, so, you know, one, once again, just emphasizing that there's not great data on this, but uh, – you know, I generally suggest eating the same healthy diet that's healthy for someone without cancer. You know, the same diet that's going to decrease diabetes, it's going to decrease obesity, and going to decrease heart disease, probably is going to help with, with cancer as well. Um, you know, the, the big things for me, uh, I never, never count calories. I never, ever count calories. Um, I eat food. I eat a lot of animal sources of foods. This is another thing that kind of flies in the face of conventional wisdom. Uh, but when I do eat animals, I make sure they're they're raised ethically. I make sure they don't use antibiotics. I make sure they don't use hormones. Uh, you know, one thing to keep in mind, everyone out there, is if, if you're eating animals that are stressed and unhappy, you know, this, this, they're going to be unhealthy, and it's going to translate to you. Uh, and if these animals aren't fed the foods that they're meant to eat, uh, much like grains do in us, they're going to fatten these animals up as well, Just just like cows are fed corn to fatten them up. Well, just like if we eat corn, it fattens us up. But if we eat the animals that are fattened up, it's mm -hmm. going to fatten us up too. So that, that's a big uh, big thing for me. Uh, limit or remove sugar. This is a hard one for people, but it's, it's a big step in the right direction. And, and I, I don't eat any grains, and this is controversial. Uh, it's not controversial in the paleo world, mm -hmm. uh, but, but I don't eat any grains. And, and, and all simple carbs, basically, I've replaced with, with vegetables, number one, so leafy greens, uh, bright colored vegetables, and then uh, next off, sweet potatoes, and then finally fruit. And uh, a good way to not go crazy on, on the sugar from fruit is I, I eat my vegetables about three to one over fruit, so I try to eat three times more vegetables than I eat fruit. Um, right. That's good advice. That, yeah, that's a big one. And then uh, you, you hit on this before, but avoiding the processed oils. These these things get oxidized. We don't We don't have enough time to get into what that is, but they're basically, they get full of free radicals, and you're just consuming cancer-causing free radicals when you're eating processed oils. So keep keep those out of your cupboard. Keep them out of your mouth. Now let's just list a few processed oils so people understand what they should be avoiding. Sure. Uh, canola oil is a, a very common one. Um, any of the, uh, a, a good thing is if you think, if you think about going with the caveman theme here, if, if you can kind of crush it and an oil would come out, like an olive, uh, like a macadamia nut, uh, th those are generally your healthier oils. But if you're squeezing it out of a seed where there is no oil, uh, c corn oil is, I mean, corn oil is what 
we use in, in experiments to cause cancer. So mm. it's it's really Say hard that to ever. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you use corn oil to cause cancer. We use it to cause cancer. I mean, the, it it just carries in a bunch of free radicals with it. And the, these are oils that I cannot think of a time that should ever be consumed. And to cook with them is is just crazy. So uh, mm. corn oil is a big one. Canola is uh that's Canadian rapeseed oil, I believe it is. Um, even like soy, soybean oil, uh, any of those things that are uh, they're squeezing out of these crops that, that barely have any fat in them are, are generally bad ideas. Stay away. Right, because if you you know if you take a seed or a piece of corn and you can't get oil out of it, then you're going to have to take it to a factory and subject it to high heat and hexane, and then it's going to be rancid, and you're going to have to deodorize it. So. It's basically all those pretty yellow vegetable oils in the clear plastic containers at the grocery store. So yeah. eat olive oil, macadamia nut oil, um, unrefined coconut oil, butter from free-range animals. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you know, the way they were eating, you know, before we started getting all of our diseases. So, um, so eating vegetables more than fruits, avoiding processed oils, um, don't eat grains. You can do it. A lot of people do. Um, avoiding the sugars um, in their many forms. And are, are there other things that you can think of? Um, you know, a, a big thing for me, uh, and you, you touched on this uh, moments ago about the psychological effect, almost the, the addictive drug-like effect of a lot of carbohydrates. A big thing a big psychological step for a lot of my readers is just to declare defeat. I mean, I declared defeat a long time ago and just ridding myself of these, of breads and these simple carbohydrates to really rare, if, if any infrequent consumption is just, it's made my diet and lifestyle so much easier. And, and for all of you out there that when you hear no grains, you think no way it's impossible. It, you know, it, it's hard in the beginning, but over time you, you feel better, you feel great, you lose a lot of weight and it just, gets easier and easier and it makes you feel so good about your decision. So that that's a big big step. So I I think doing that number 1 will you will be thanking yourself in the future. Uh so trust right. trust me. Right and you know it's just you know I've heard somebody in my class say I just drew a line in the sand and said this is how I eat. So you're not making the decision, oh, it's a bridal shower and they made these special cupcakes, you know, maybe just today. That's where people fall down because they haven't drawn the line in the sand and just say, no, thank you. It's okay. You know, <laughs> we don't yeah. have to justify why. We just go around and hopefully they have a salad or some other real food and just saying, no, thank you. You don't have to explain yourself away. But, you know, once we get rid of the bread, crackers, pasta, chips, you know, popcorn, those kinds of foods, your addiction is what's talking to you now saying, I could never give up bread. That's the addiction in your brain. And it does take, you know, about a week or two to break the addiction. But then you move through and all of a sudden there's new energy. You feel great. You don't crave as much. And there's things, you know, that just slowly it'll just leave you and you won't think about it again because you're feeling so good. Absolutely. I love the 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 negative response you get to when you you wipe them out of your diet and then every once in a while you go back and you eat that cookie and afterwards <laughs> you feel terrible. Right. And it's it, it's that reinforcement that my my body is not liking this. Something right. is is very wrong about this and I I need to not do it. And after a while you just eliminate them and I'm the I had the biggest sweet tooth in the world. And if if I could do it, everyone out there can do it as well. Right. Yeah. 
exactly, me too. And um, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't had some health stuff that got my attention. So if you are sick, if you do have a diagnosis, you know, you might be just um, praising it down the road when you say, if it wasn't for cancer, I wouldn't be where I am today and know the things I know today and helping people. And so that's, you know, the hope that you can feel better, you can get better, you can um, you know, stop feeding your cancer cells and start feeding your brain and and reverse things that people have said are irreversible. Get off drugs that people have said you'll take the rest of your life. It happens all the time when people start eating real food. Well, unfortunately, we're running up against the clock here, and I have lots of questions because I know you have several other burning passions um, that we haven't been able to talk about, like plastics and and estrogens in the environment and how that plays into um, the risk for cancer. So I'm hoping that we can invite you back real soon and we'll do a part two with the caveman doctor. How does that sound? That That sounds great. I think we have a lot more to talk about here, so I would love that. Awesome. Well, Dr. Champ, thank you so much for giving us time this morning. I know you're very busy, and I certainly appreciate um, all that you've shared with us. We have covered a lot of ground and I think given people lots of hope, lots of very specific things to do. So um, for more resources, be sure to um, visit my website, which is getbetterwellness.com. I have a four-DVD series where I teach people how to eat real food And we kind of unpack that food pyramid and that low-fat advice and show you the science of why that's wrong and give you some better ideas. So you could do that, or you can visit cavemandoctor.com and sign up to um, receive uh, the blog post from Dr. Champ and go on iTunes and, um, you know, search under um, his name, and you'll also find his uh, podcast. So... Having said that, we have armed you and given you lots to think about and lots to do. So, all right. Well, we'll hopefully hook up here um, in the next, you know, couple of weeks, Doctor. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great speaking with you. Okay. You have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And I know that you enjoyed that, and and that's why I was hoping we could get Dr. Champ back to give us some more valuable information. Uh, Real food, it's powerful, very powerful. And if you are just learning about that, then please go on my website, getbetterwellness.com. I even have a link to a webinar that I did on reversing type 2 diabetes. And it's the same eating style. It reverses diabetes, high blood pressure. If you're overweight, have inflammation, joint pain, hives, fibromyalgia, anything that is bothering you is probably going to be greatly improved when you get off the standard American diet and stop eating processed food, especially processed grains in the form of uh, pasta, crackers, chips, cookies, Buns from the fast food store, (laughs) french fries, potato chips, pretzels, foods that you have been told are healthy snacks maybe are actually contributing to the problems that you have and your inability to lose the weight. So come back here. Keep an eye on my um, web uh, 
podcast listing and you'll find out the exact date when we'll have Dr. Champ back. But I'm hoping it will be as soon as one to two weeks. Okay, everybody, thank you and have a great day. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.